My name is David Plummer, and this is the Hold Fast Podcast. Leadership had a profound impact on my path as an athlete, as a father, and now as a leadership development consultant. The purpose of this podcast is to explore what leadership is and how it can be developed and displayed in all of us. Today, we're joined by Didi Merritt, the Leadership Development Director at the NCAA. Thanks so much for joining us, Didi. Honored to be here. Tell us a little bit about what led you to this particular field of leadership development. Oh, it was clearly my my 15 plus years at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Um, I actually started in athletics as a secretary and quickly realized that, you know what, this is a really cool place to be, great field to be in, uh, and college athletes were and are the greatest group of people you could be around. And I looked out and had a boss who became my mentor. He saw something in me and uh, pulled me aside one day and said, you know, I think that you can have a greater impact and and I'd love to help you uh, walk through that. And so uh, he did. And I ended up returning back to school and to get my uh, bachelor's and went immediately into uh, my master's. And along the way, UWM afforded me the opportunity to have what I would consider sort of like an informal internship. It's a very small athletic department. So I was able to work in practically every department in athletics. I had experience in ticketing. Um, I had experience in development, obviously working with uh, the different sports and providing support and logistics to them. Uh, and so when I graduated with my MBA, I was uh, promoted to assistant athletic director and asked by the AD at the time to develop a formalized student athlete affairs, student athlete development program. And so through that, he, he had the suggestion, well, why don't you go on the internet and see if there's a conference or something that you can find? And that's how I looked up on leadership development. That was like a Tuesday. That Thursday, they were hosting a conference here in Indianapolis for student athlete development professionals. And I literally picked up the phone and called and asked if I could come. And they were like, pack your bag, come on down. We'll take care of you. Uh, and and there uh, started my love affair with leadership development. And I became a leadership development junkie. They would make announcements of new programs. And I was probably like one of the first people to apply. Um, they, they, they wouldn't tell me that, but I know I was. It was like I was sitting there eagerly waiting for <laughs> programs to just uh, uh, open up and, and, and develop friendships with the staff and ended up, you know, doing some work on their behalf at some of the programs that they would host. And then in 2016, the director at the time uh, pulled me aside. We were at a conference together and said that he had an opening. It literally was a dream come true for me to be able to, you know, take the work that I had been able to do at Milwaukee and then come here and do it on a national scale. And in 2018, I was placed in a director role on an interim basis and decided I was going to go for it. I was like, you know, you only live once. This is what you love to do. You might as well see if you can lead. And instead of waiting for them to go out and find somebody else to come in and lead you. And in January of this year, I was promoted into the spot permanently. That's a really cool story for a lot of different reasons. I've always thought one of the cool things about athletics is if you want to work, they'll put you to work. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool that you got that sort of wide variety of opportunity early on. Yeah. And then got to dive in at the NCAA. That's awesome. What was it about leadership development specifically that ignited that passion for you? In college athletics, there's a lot of different organizations out there. There's NACTA, there's different coaching affiliates, and, and everybody goes to these different areas for their professional development, their growth. I immediately realized that where I was at the time, leadership development with that was that space for me, where I was able to be surrounded by individuals who were just as passionate about the work and supporting and serving student athletes and, and educating and empowering them to be able to not only be successful in their collegiate careers, but to also be successful once those days are over. Uh, and so it, it was my tribe. It was my, pe- they were my people. I am a byproduct of many of the programs that we have here in leadership development to be able to better serve the student athletes um, back at Milwaukee was just, it was just a, a dream come true for me. So it was, it was really my place, really, really, truly my place and my people. And uh, once I, I, once I walked through the doors of that, that conference, I believe it was back in like 2011, uh, I was like, okay, this is it. This, I know this is, this is it for me. And then just being able to work with and surround yourself with people who feel just as passionate about those same things as you just really sealed the deal for me. That's really cool to kind of get to be a recipient of everything and then be able to get onto the flip side of it and, and be in charge of it. That's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. What, what was it about the NCAA and the impact there that drew you to that position specifically? It was the challenge of being able to transform, impact, lead on a national level. Everything that we do here has to be viewed through that lens. It's viewed through several lens, actually. One is what's best for the student athletes, because they are our focus and our number one focus. And then looking at it from the lens of how can I be a part of affecting change uh, at the national level. So it was really kind of that next step up where I was like, okay, when you move from serving 325 student athletes to a half a million, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge that'll keep you up at night. Kind of the big leagues, the big yeah. leagues of making yep. that shift and making that impact. That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So when you, when you arrived at the NCAA, what was the state of the programs then compared to what they are now? Any big shifts or growth that you've seen over the course of your time with the NCAA? Yeah, and and really proud to have led my staff through some big shifts and, and growth. When I started here in 2016, we had uh, a really great portfolio of programs and services to serve student athletes, coaches, and administrators. But there was a piece missing, and that was that cohesiveness, a pipeline, so to speak. And the Board of Governors has some diversity initiatives in being able to make sure that our student athletes can see themselves in those who coach, teach, and lead them as well. In particular, coaches and administrators, how are you making sure that those pipelines of people um, who are in those next up spots are representative of the student athletes that they serve? We had a great portfolio of programs, but that cohesive piece was missing. And so late 2018, when I was announced as the interim, we embarked on a pretty comprehensive evaluation of our department. We left no stone unturned. 
And when I tell you it was difficult, David, it was difficult because I am, you know, the byproduct of some of these programs. And so to have to take a critical lens to programs that I hold near and dear to my heart was very difficult. And we ended up streamlining and getting rid of about seven programs that we felt could be better served in uh, a different way. And what we came up with was a pipeline. The foundation of the pipeline is our student athletes. And so we have programs at that student athlete level that are our foundation. It allows us to be able to give student athletes the opportunity to have exploration and introduction into leadership itself, into self-exploration and into career exploration. And then from there, what happens now is, is that Let's say I have a student athlete who attends some of our student athlete programming, student athlete leadership forum or career sports forum, and then they come away and they say, you know what, I think I want to work in college athletics. Well, now we have a clear pipeline of programming on both the coaching and administrative side that assists them in their growth every step of the way. From that student athlete to an intern slash graduate assistant to entry level to mid-level and to senior level for those individuals who aspire to be athletic directors or head coaches. And those programs are not just for student athletes. They're, they're also professional and career development opportunities for our coaches and administrators who are in the industry. But it gives our student athletes the opportunity to visualize themselves in this industry at that foundational level. And then for those who are interested and, and choose to move forward to be able to guide them along the way. That's so cool for, for so many reasons. You're talking about representation within those people that serve student athletes, that they reflect the student athletes that they serve. Creating pipelines for people who don't necessarily get into the coaching or athletic ranks. I mean, I, I think that's incredibly important. I was on a call actually just earlier this week working with the University of Minnesota and, and some of the diversity and inclusion work they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they, they had a, a guest come in and, and speak as a, as a member of this group. He was a student athlete at the University of Minnesota, and this was decades ago. But he talked about his experience as a person of color coming up through just his experience as a student athlete and the pieces that were really difficult. He was really honest and what that meant. And I think that so much of what you're talking about is to address what is it like for people that don't necessarily fit a norm mm-hmm. as student athletes, what is their experience like? And, and how does leadership affect that? Is that a piece of this programming that's important to you? Yes. And it's important for a few reasons. For that reason, number one, and number two, It's our way of doing our part to increase the numbers for people of color and for women. We could pull the data out and look at it and see that as an industry as a whole, we are performing horribly in this area when it comes to having women and people of color in leadership positions. I I believe there was a, a statistic I saw not too long ago that said that 85% of the division one athletic director positions are held by white men. And so where's the diversity in all of that? And and it translates down into that experience that that alum spoke to you about in the meeting that you attended. If you don't have diversity of thought, if you don't have diversity of experience, 
in that room where the decisions are being made, then what usually comes out of that is decisions that are made to benefit those people who are in the room because they don't have that perspective of the people that they serve. You have to have that. And then also it's inspirational for those student athletes to be able to walk into the athletic department and see people that they can relate to, to be able to interact with people that they can relate to and know that these people understand where they're coming from. So those are, are the two biggest reasons why this is so important and why it's such a big part of what we do. Because if we're going to serve the student athletes, we have to be able to understand the student athletes and we have to be able to relate to them on a level that is empowering and uplifting for them. And, and one of the best ways to be able to do that is to have people that they can relate to helping to lead the way for them. What a holistic approach, right? Of we're not just going to look at you as an athlete. We're going to look at your whole identity and your whole self. That's important. It's incredibly important. Have there been any discoveries that, that you would call eye-opening about the student-athlete experience? This entire pandemic and racial strife that we have been in for the past nine months now has been one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life. I think the one thing that has been the most eye-opening to me is how involved student athletes want to be outside of SAC. If you know the college structure, you know that each athletic department has a student athlete advisory committee, and those are uh, young people who are tasked with sort of being the voice of their peers. And a lot of times you notice that in that structure, the information gets lost. It, it stops at that level. It's like the SAC people are working hard through no fault of their own, and they're interacting with leadership and they're interacting, you know, with their group, but the information is not necessarily trickled down. So it leaves a gap, it leaves a, a vacuum. And what's been really, really eye-opening to me is to see the number of student athletes who have come out outside of that group that say, we wanna have a voice, we wanna be involved in the decision-making, we want to have a say about this particular subject. That has been very uh, surprising to me, especially here at the NCAA, because we have a governance structure that heavily relies on the student athlete voice, but it relies on the voice through SAC, because we obviously don't have the, the resources, the manpower to be able to get out and capture the voices of all except through surveys, but you're only going to get so much through that. So they rely heavily on on the governance process, which is a great one. But I, what I've learned in this past nine months is that we have to find ways to be able to incorporate more student athlete voices into the decision making process, be able to bring them to the table somehow, because they don't just want to be a student and an athlete. They want to be a change maker. They want to they want to transform. And so it's really up to us right now to figure out how do we help them do that. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed is that it's not just about their campus. Student athletes have a global 
perspective. Mm-hmm. They're looking at this from not even just their campus, their conference, their division. They're looking at the whole entity and saying, what can we do to make it better for all of us? And that is so exciting to me. And it's so refreshing and uplifting uh, to know that it's not just about, well, I, would, I just want to, you know, do what I can to make my situation better. No, these student athletes are coming out and saying, how can we make this entire situation better? I couldn't agree with you more. Obviously, I, I live in, in Minneapolis. So what happened this summer just really has hit our community. And not that it has only hit our community, it's hit mm-hmm. so many communities, but it was it was so visceral and, and vivid in, in how it hit our community. And I think this trend has been happening for a while, both with student athletes and with professional athletes, where the voice has grown. There's, mm-hmm. there's getting to be more and more of that athlete empowerment, that voice at all levels where people are incredibly willing to speak out. And I think in the past three months, it was like... <laughs> It's been growing and then it just massively shot up, Yeah, which is really exciting to see. And to me, it it brings up two questions that I think are really related. One, I think leadership development becomes that much more important. If you're empowered to have a voice and your voice carries weight and people can hear it from across a statewide or a national level, it, it becomes really important what you say and how you say it. So I think that leadership development becomes more important. But I think the question still remains, what does it look like? What is bringing more people to the table look like? How do we continue to empower people the right way? Uh, through education, education empowerment. So this summer, late spring, early summer, when the situation happened with Brother Floyd, you know, it was just somebody lit the fuse to the power keg and it just it exploded. And my staff and I, while we were um, doing our best to support each other through that horrific incident and, and the others that followed, we were also keeping an eye on the landscape. And what we saw at the time was that there were lots of initiatives springing up. There were lots of statements, lots of videos. Campuses were doing what they thought was best. What we didn't see was the education piece. And so it was funny. One day, uh, my assistant, my former assistant director and I were on a call and we were just brainstorming. And we came up with an idea for a program specifically for student athletes. And we titled it uh, Athletes Using Their Power. And it was a program designed specifically to educate and empower student athletes on how to create and affect positive change, not only within their athletic departments, but within their campus, in their community. And it's centered around the four A's. And those four A's were addressing difficult conversations, activism, allyship best practices, and action sustainability. And so from that, we developed a four-part series student athlete only. We hosted it on Sunday nights in August. And we had different organizations and different facilitators come in. And it was a wonderful opportunity for our student athletes from all over the country to be able to get together, discuss their experiences, learn best practices, learn strategies on how to accomplish 
things in these particular four areas and then be able to move forward with affecting change in their respective areas. And the outpouring of support and enthusiasm that we received, not only from coaches and administrators, but from our most importantly, our student athletes in their participation in this program, it just, it blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. We ended up having to scramble to make sure that the sessions were filmed. We had to create a web page because we just didn't think it was going to blow up the way that it blew up. I cannot tell you how many student athletes I heard from who were so happy to be able to be with their peers, to learn and grow and discuss different situations that were going on with them on a personal level and their respective campuses, to be able to ask questions of experts and get the answers and be comfortable because it was just them. It was just them with their peers and they were able to talk it out, learn, grow. Every week we had takeaways for them so that they would be able to have the, the high points of that particular subject that we were covering. And it was truly one of the, the high points of my year. And I am so proud of that program and looking forward to what the next version of that will look like. But it's really about that education. For us to be able to empower our student athletes, we have to give them the tools to be able to affect change. And as I said to the group, protests are designed to gather attention. It's what you're going to do, what you have planned to do after that, that is so important. And we felt like what we designed and executed with athletes using their power gave them the tools to be able to do just that, to get past the attention part of it and say, okay, so now here's what I'm going to do. And out of that sprung some really great work. Um, one of our participants, she was a student athlete. She is a student athlete at uh, University of Nebraska, Lincoln. And she went back and took the information and gathered with her student athletes and put together a list of things that the student athletes wanted to see happen in that department in the areas of increasing more diversity among coaches and staff and other uh, requests that they had of the administration uh, and were able to organize some, some discussions around it and be able to get the ball rolling to affect change. So it's really about that education piece and showing them like, okay, this is what you want to do. Let's do it. And it was tricky for us because, right, we're the NCAA. So it's like we're supposed to be kind of neutral, staying off to the side. And I, and I vetted it, obviously, through leadership. And our leadership here, President Emmert was wonderful about it. And he said, you know what, this is exactly what we need to be doing for them. So let's go for it. We got your back. Move forward. It was amazing. That's one of the coolest things that I've heard. What a positive to come out of such a horrendous situation. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't agree with you more that education piece is so important. You know, I've worked in, in some form in student athlete development for the last few years now. And that engagement piece is always difficult, right? You're, we're talking about a group of kids that, you know, young adults that are incredibly busy. It's hard to be a student athlete. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of work. And we come in and we're like, and you should do some more work. But it's really cool to hear when that passion comes out and the programming meets the passion mm -hmm. and that sort of grassroots roots activism, actually, it just comes together perfectly to do what you're saying and create some change. And I think that when, when leadership gets behind things like that, it can be incredibly powerful. And it sounds like that was the thing for you all. And that's really cool to hear. 
You're absolutely right. It was, we caught lightning in a bottle and we were lucky enough to be able to capitalize on proving the importance of education to our student athletes, not just in the traditional classroom sense. These were all almost what I would call life lessons. And as we said to them over and over, these are things that will carry with you. These are those life skills, right, David? You know, Mm -hmm. these are the things that will carry with you for the rest of your life. You know, knowing how to address difficult conversations, knowing how to stand up and use your voice for issues and people that you care about and how to turn words uh, into action. Those are things that they'll be able to carry with them for the rest of their lives. So it was really, really great that way. I'm probably most curious about activism. I'm so curious about leadership in the activist space. Obviously, it can be incredibly powerful, but it can be incredibly difficult too to get the communication right, to get clear messaging, to bring people together and get them aligned without sort of an organization behind you. Do you have any big takeaways from that session that you thought just stood out? Yes. The biggest takeaway was that you have to plan, that it can't just be an emotional response to a situation, that you have to take that emotion and channel it into a formalized plan of how you're going to act and looking at it and saying, what is the problem that I want to solve? How am I going to go about solving it? What are the the pieces that I need? How do I build a platform of support for this? Because if you don't, it just dies in the wind and it just becomes a singular action with no real impact. And it's something that people talk about well, remember the time when they had, you know, when so-and-so did this instead of it turning into, like, for example, look at, look at what Stacey Adams did in uh, Georgia. She ran for governor. She lost. There were some alleged irregularities in the situation. There were some, some voter registration issues anyways. And as she said in, in a recent interview, she took a couple of days to grieve and then she started to plan. And she came out with this platform that registered hundreds of thousands of people in the state of Georgia. And no doubt, no doubt is a big catalyst for why we are where we are today in not only having a, a, a new president, but also being on the potential cusp of having um, a new party control power of the Senate. Uh, and so what Dr. Uh, Yannick Kluge, the person who uh, facilitated the session, a former postgraduate intern of ours, talked about most of all was that that planning piece, that you have to be able to take a step back, remove the emotion for a second, and plan. It's good wisdom and difficult. I, I think it's worth saying that that's incredibly difficult. You probably can't remove all emotion from the situation. But you cannot have the emotional reactions, right? But have the planned response. I think that that's really, really difficult. But that's, that's so cool to hear that that program was a success and, and that that's, that's continuing to play out. Yes, that activism session was probably our most popular session. It was the one with the highest attendance. People wanted to know, the student athletes wanted to know, how do I do this? I have these thoughts, right? I have these ideas of how I think things should go 
on my campus, in my athletic department, on my team, in my community? How do I go about doing these things? Uh, and understanding that the idea can spring organically, but the execution has to be planned methodically. That's just so cool and, and amazing to hear that not only was there a thirst for that, but there was a program to match it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you, you shared a little bit about the student athlete from Nebraska who was able to kind of go on and make some change. Have you seen other examples of that? Have you seen athletic directors or, or coaches or other student athletes that you feel like are doing really well in this space and, and making meaningful change? Too many to count. This was a reckoning for all of us. When you look at the entities involved in college athletics, the student athletes, the coaches, the administrators, the leadership, when you take it a step further and look at the campus leadership, the presidents, the chancellors, this situation of ours has really, really opened up the eyes to everyone that there's other entities involved and that everyone has to have a role for all of this to move forward and be successful. Uh, And so I've been really, really proud of my administrative colleagues, um, of athletic directors who have reached out uh, and administrators and coaches who have reached out and said, we want to make sure that we're doing right by our student athletes. We're thinking about doing this. What do you think about this idea? Or with the athletes using their power series, it was can we watch the videos and have the materials so that we can be able to have conversations with them? Which again, led us to create a website so that we could put the information up there so that they could you know, all have access to it. So having seen so many um, of my colleagues and, and so many student athletes individually reach out, that was one of the, the most impactful things that I saw out of all of this. Everybody, no, you know, no matter what, one side originally thought of the other, or you might have student athletes who look like nobody cares about us, or you may have administrators look like nobody understands us. Everybody has collectively, you know, revealed that, hey, we just want to do the right thing. That's exciting to hear. And I've experienced what you're talking about, where if you're a student athlete, you think of coaches a certain way. Mm. You know, if you're a coach, you think of student athletes a certain way. Ad- yep. Administrators, same thing. And I, I think it's it's really important to remember that there's just people behind those structures. Mm-hmm. And we often think of the the people within the structure as doing something really insidious or bad, but it's yeah. people are usually in it for the right reasons. And that's not to excuse when structures are incorrect and need to be changed. But I think for the most part, people are really in it for the right reasons. And that's heartening to hear. Yes, yes, absolutely. I go back to my days on campus. I was that administrator that kind of kind of toggled the line between administration, senior leadership, and then being that person for the student athletes to be able to voice their concerns. Uh, And so I completely understand those areas. And so to be able to, in this role, see both sides coming in and saying, we want to have an impact, we want to get this right, has has been wonderful. Really special, pretty unique, unique opportunity. What do you hope that the NCAA does better and continues to build on in both the short and long term? We are an organization, an association that is 100% committed to doing our best to serve the student athletes, both directly and indirectly. 
because we are a membership institution, we're really tasked with carrying out the actions and the needs of the membership itself. We don't make the rules, we just enforce them. And so it makes it hard for us to, at times, insert the level of care and show the level of care that we have for our membership. And my hope is that we continue to grow in that area. The pandemic has afforded us that opportunity to show a more human side to the NCAA and the 500 plus people who work here and work hard every day to make a difference. And it's my hope that we we continue to be able to to have opportunities to show that I'm lucky. You know, I work in leadership development. I get the chance to show people that I care every single day, uh, which is why I love my job. But it's been really cool to be able to see my colleagues be afforded that opportunity as well. And I think that we need to continue to do that so that people understand that we are here working hard every day to try and do the right thing, whatever that right thing may be. That's really well said. Thank you so much for your time, Didi. We just really appreciate it. It's been been fun hearing your perspectives and hearing some positivity in a tough time and, and some good news has been a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity. This is a wonderful way to spend my afternoon. And um, if there's any way that I could be of service to you all in the future, please don't hesitate to reach out. I appreciate that. We'll be asking you to come back and talk soon. Absolutely. The Holdfast Podcast is produced by Premier Sports Psychology and a part of the Premier Podcast Educational Series. For more information, please visit premiersportspsychology.com or check out our online educational suite at mindsetprogram.com.